And we are live, ladies and gentlemen, of the internet. Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind, show 25. Wow. And we're getting through it, Dave. It's it's crazy, you know. Uh, once again, guys, we're live all over, not only Twitch and YouTube, but also Periscope and Mixer. So no matter how you are listening to us, do leave a comment in below if you're listening to on YouTube. But if you're watching live, leave a comment now on in the chat, and we'll be able to see it right here. So we do want to hear from you because... Uh, you know, that's what this whole show is about. It's about looking backwards, sometimes in the present, but most times looking back. Today we have a review, or re-review, of uh, ECW's One Night Stand from 2006. But, Dave, you texted me yesterday going, <laughs> hey, there's a pay-per-view on tonight. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that forgot about that. Uh, I, re- I, remember, <laughs> I, forgot. I remember it on the Saturday because that's what I thought it was. And it's actually on a Sunday, and I was like, oh man, that's that's actually this week, we didn't talk about that, but we did watch it, so we're actually going to talk about uh, NXT In Your House, or NXT TakeOver In Your House as well, um, this week. So a bunch to actually get through, uh, I think this is the first like WWE content we've actually done in a while, now we're doing two two segments from it, so um, before we get into that, Dave, how are you doing, man, how are things, how's, how's this... Uh, increasingly insane world <laughs> i mean I th- it's 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 just a joy-filled world really oh god it's i just, just feel happiness all around yeah i don't know man every time we're coming you know what's going to happen is we're going to do the show <laughs> and there will be a fire outside my house and you're yeah, just like yeah, every, everything's fine and we're talking about guys pretending to fight what the world is burning down so uh yeah guys th- that's what we're here for we're here to bring a little bit of joy into an otherwise crazy and increasingly terrifying world um, but we're also on Phoenix FM, guys, so uh, yeah, enjoy that too. That's a ter- Tuesday night, uh, 8pm, if you are interested, and also on the True Penny channel. Thanks to the guys there for um, for setting that out. But before we get into it, quick plug for the network. We have a new mascot, Nerd to Know Media Chan, um, if you guys have seen her, she's great. Katie from Doing It For The Exposure did that, and also of uh, Nerd to Know Basis. Um, loads of shows coming out. Uh, I think we have a full, ro- full roster now of all the shows. So if you guys are ha- haven't for some reason checked out the rest of the shows, do go over and check out everything on YouTube because uh, you're missing out if you haven't. Um, an absolute plethora of uh, content, all different kind of stuff. And um, we also do another show as well, all about aliens, conspiracies, and wild things. We don't know what our third topic is going to be, but um, we might. We're probably going to go back to the Donald Trump is a time travel thing. If you guys haven't checked that out yet, do. Uh, it's the wildest thing I've ever experienced. It really is. <laughs> it only gets better the more you read. Exactly. It gets more plausible the more you read, and that's the scary <laughs> part. You're like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound as crazy as you think it is. But um, yeah, do, do check that out if you guys haven't for some reason. Um, it's a lot of fun. But uh, Dave, where do you want to start, man? Do you want to start with um, with TakeOver, or do you want to go f- uh, for ECW? Oh man, let's start with TakeOver. I think that's that's fresh. Okay. Um, it's on my mind. I just watched it a couple hours ago. Finished it like an hour and a half ago. So. Oh well, <laughs> you're same as me. I only I watched it there while I was finished up in work. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this because I, you know, I was actually gonna. Here's the thing, right? Funny story, true story. Last night I was like, right, I'm gonna go to this again. This is something that won't mean anything to American uh, viewers or listeners, but will for anyone who is a wrestling fan this side of the world. So I was like, right, I can stay up late and watch it. Or I can go to bed early. I'm like, you know what? I worked the weekend. I'm going to stay. I'm going to go to bed early. So I turned on Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided. Actually, a really apt game when you think about it. Sorry. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was playing it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I look at my watch and I'm like, it's two in the morning. 
Takeover's over. Crap, I could have just watched Takeover. So yeah, that was that was my that was my like mess up because I because you're so used to watching the four hour WWE shows, you're like, all right, cool, it's over four in the morning. I didn't realize it was a two, I forgot it was a two hour event kind of thing, you know, like a nice a nice enjoyable experience. And um, yeah, so I ended up watching it today just after the tail end of work. So uh, I really enjoyed it. It's super fresh. Um, I I loved everything about the presentation. I think it was the most fun paper most fun I've had watching a pay per view. Uh, in a, in a while, the performance, even like without the the last chance backlot ball brawl, um, the actual performance center being decked out with a stage, which mm-hmm. I believe is the in your house stage, like it's the real one, or at least a very good fix, uh, replica of the old one. Uh, and look, I have to say, and you know, we've been saying this for years, um, and I've been a big proponent of this. The difference that a real stage makes is huge like i know it's kind of silly right but it's also not like it gave it a completely different feel like yeah they have the big the big led screens and all that kind of stuff and that's great but it all kind of looks the same and actually having this unique um weird looking show that doesn't look like anything else really really helped it and i think this is something that WWE should really bring back now it's probably because it costs a lot of money but um it, it's it's worth it it really is. Like, from the get-go, you're like, wow, this feels completely different. Like, the opening package, the the little comedy skits where they're making fun of old technology, like the old 900 numbers. They brought back the lad who actually used to do the in-your-house shows. You're like, That was well, unexpected. That was yeah, a good touch. that was crazy. I said, I'm like, WWE, man, you know, this you're really knocking this out of the park. This is, this is what we've been missing for ages. Some kind of, you know, it's, they used to do with the Raw shows, but it was always kind of like halfway. It wasn't fully... This felt like they kind of plucked it. It was like you know when you're playing uh, SmackDown, not um, 2K19, and mm. you, you 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 build up an old arena. That's kind of what it felt like. You're like you're actually just watching this happen, and it was a really really cool idea. And I wish WWE. I want this to be a a thing every year, where they have this. And I, you know, Backlash for example. Remember the swinging axes? Oh yes. Yeah, yes. it's like bring that back. That was cool. Now you won't be able to do it in the performance center, but maybe bring it back next year. Um, yeah. But stuff, stuff like this, this, this is really good. This is what even before the bell rung, this was already like a four out of ten for me before anything happened. <laughs> Which is like this is. Great. Is that a Bret Hart reference? Well, you can have it. This is a four <laughs> out of ten wrestler. Um, but Ian's gone mad. He's like, oh my god, I do because he loves Bret Hart. But I just don't. I care. like Bret Hart too. I don't. He just. He, I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, you're completely right. Like these, oh man, they're so unique. And we used to get these for every pay-per-view, every pay-per-view yeah. and now it's every WrestleMania. We get a themed WrestleMania kind of, but it's not, the it's same. not the same. Music. Like, like it shuts, it sets the shows apart from just being, uh, you know, an extra raw basically. Yeah. And that, actually that's a great point. Like that's what the pay-per-views felt like, felt like for a long time. They just felt like a really, really long raw with slightly better matches. And that's just, you know, that was very tiresome. And that was one of the biggest problems. I think yourself and myself covering it week to week um, ad nauseum and then, you know, either doing a podcast or whatever on it, it got very tiresome because it was very hard to break up that monotony of, okay, now it all kind of looks the same. Oh, Cena's winning. Okay, Punk's doing this, blah, blah, blah. And for years, it was just the same kind of thing over and over again where they'd slightly change the picture up on top of the ramp. 
And that's just not yeah. that's just not good enough. You know, no, like it's, it's just, it was it, look, it made sense. They had no competition because DNA weren't competition, um, and they were like, "Well, look, we're not going to spend this money." This is when they got rid of the pyro and everything, so it was like, "This is just terrible." The house shows are more entertaining presentation wise because it looked different, yes. you know. And um, again, oh, man, I hate when they get rid of pyro because it happens in cycles. They get rid of pyro to save money, and then they realize, "Oh, we need to bring it back because the fans really like pyro." Yeah. I mean, even AEW is not giving up on Pyro when there's no people in the crowd. Because it's part of the presentation of the show. Yeah. You know, it's like, wrestling is... Uh, look, this has proved it. Even though I kind of like the no-fan thing, um, it does lose something. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes it look like a weird stage play. Actually, there was a good... Uh, you watch Black Mirror, don't you? Um, uh, The first three seasons. Okay. I haven't watched season four yet. Season four is okay. It's very Americanized, but I think it has it has one or two really really good episodes that I would recommend. Have you seen? Well, I definitely want to watch the Miley episode. The I Miley episode is great, and not to cross too much into conspiracy land, but <laughs> you know, if you listen to that show, you know about monarch programming. So uh, yeah, it's a thing. Um, yeah, there's a there's a reason that the writer of Black Mirror said I'm going to hold off on the next season for a little bit because yeah. the world the world's already... experiencing it. And there's an ad actually, there's an ad actually in London where it's like Black Mirror season 5 is playing out all around you and it's a mirror. It's like that's oh, weird. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the writer um Charlie Booker, he's actually like really cool. But he does a show, like a comedy show of, of like a rewind of the year or whatever. And he, he did one during the, this situation of TV, what it's been like. And he's like, even wrestling is still a thing. And he talks about WrestleMania and he's like, it's like some weird stage play. And out of context, it's weird. In context, it's weird. But out of context, it's really weird. And you can't defend it. You're like, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. It's exactly it just, what it looks just like. just is what it is. But um, yeah, that, that aside, you know, another thing about the presentation is this is the first pay-per-view that I've watched with a crowd. Because mm, they have yes. a, cause they have a, yes. a crowd now. and it's, it's not really a crowd. It's like whoever they have around the performance center that they like go on out and, you know, cheer. Um, and they do have the plastic up, um, which makes it now look like rollerball. I feel like we're living in rollerball. <laughs> Well, it's you know it's very you know, it's, ice it's, hockey it's, for me. It's very very ice hockey. Man, it's like the world is becoming a dystopia, and like we're starting to like live in sci-fi dystopia. If Paul Heyman starts comment commentating again and Slipknot show up, oh my god, Slipknot do the com- do the track for do the actual title track for uh for NXT. We are in Rollerball. Yeah, there you go. It's already it's already here. <laughs> it's, already it's, happened. Happened. it's already happened. You just have to get used to it. Oh my god! You know, I did this love. I love those though. I love. The, I like it too. The hockey ring. I like it. Too. I uh, think it's great. They need to keep that. Like to be yep. fair, this may have like changed the way things are done, but yeah, it's it, it's really brought some cool little elements to make it look completely different. And those little plastic things, when they went, uh, when they incorporated by going through it and stuff, it like yep, it's it. There's so much more toys now to play with that they never had before, purely because they never thought about it. And now they're like, wait, we can do all these things? Cool, let's do all these things. And That's it's, what I love it's great. about it. It's, it's a built-in prop that you can use. Um, it makes sound louder by mm. banging against it. So you get that extra rumble. Exactly. It makes it seem like there's even more fans in the exactly. audience. I, mean, like, I think for for the this quarantine or whatever it is now... Uh, it's it's awesome. I think it totally adds to the spectacle in a, in a bizarre way. It's crazy. Like, you know, WWE, through their determination and other means, 
have actually <laughs> been able to keep going. And it's, we'll leave it at that. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, but what's funny about it is it's like they've actually kind of like redesigned how wrestling is kind of done and presented. AEW were a little bit ahead of them with, you know, having actual wrestlers around with their because they're faction based. But this is a really cool kind of little workaround. And to be fair, if this is what we're going to get going forward until, um, well, I would say probably until. Well, we'll see. We'll see what's we'll going. See. We'll see what's we'll going see. on because we'll things might change very quickly in two or three weeks, mm-hmm. um, based on its life. So we'll see what happens, and mass gatherings can go back way sooner. They might not, but we'll have to find out. But until that happens, we we have this new way of which actually gets rid of a lot of the problems. It gets rid of the the pornographic sounds of female wrestling, <laughs> the the over grunting of male wrestling. And and it the, like the dead silence of promos, which I still kind of like because I'm like this is like you're watching a weird like modernist stage play, um, but it it you know for wrestling fans they need something a bit more wrestling and that includes uh, an audience. So this is a, this is a great workaround. Fair play to Triple H and the whole team for actually coming up with this and being like right this works. So Wait, you don't you don't enjoy these. Uh phenomenal actors going out and giving monologues straight into the camera for 10 minutes. I like it. I love it. I I think it's great. But other people are like, this is terrible. I'm like, it is. But so is the room. And I love the room. So this is fine. You know, and it's a great time capsule because this happened and this is real. And look what wrestling did. That's what I love about this. I absolutely love the fact that we have this, like you said, time capsule that we're going to be able to look back on this time next year and go, hmm. It was a weird time in wrestling, and it also coincides with what's usually my favorite wrestling time of the year, which is your end of May and then your June and your July, mm. because historically, that's when the WWE will take a risk. They'll give the belt to a guy that they don't normally give the belt to. They'll give pushes to guys that normally you probably wouldn't even hear about, and they'll let certain people take time off so they're not in the spotlight. So usually... This is a really experimental time in the WWE. And now you throw on the fact that they're forced to experiment. It might take away from some of those types of risks. But I mean, still, this is wrestling is completely unpredictable right now. But see, it's great because it hasn't been. It's been terrible. And I feel horrible because we were subjected to it for 10 years straight of just watching garbage week after week. And poor Adam, he got burnt out from it. Which is, it's true, like, that was the worst time period to watch wrestling, was what we were, when we were in the wrestling media, for real, you know, <laughs> instead of now. That was we, our world war. Yeah, exactly, that was that was what we lived through, um, and it was, you know, I feel like now I'm kind of envious because I'm like, well, you guys are actually getting to see really, really interesting um, air chattering moves pretty much week to week and I'm not talking um, about the ring yeah. I literally just mean the business is so wild and unpredictable that it, it's actually fun to cover and I'm really grateful that we have this platform and we have this show because we, we get now to sit back at a distance almost and be like right here's what's going on and look back at some stuff that we that we necessarily didn't get to cover initially but you know I'm pretty sure there's a circle in hell probably near you know, it was off to the side when Dante and Virgil were walking around that you have to watch <laughs> 2009 to 2016 wrestling on a loop, and that's it forever. <laughs> that's what I'm, I mean, I'm pretty there sure. There was one was good period. 
We had the summer of punk we until did. Kevin Nash showed up. Yeah, we did, but that's what I mean. All the good stuff was ruined, eventually, for no reason. So, yeah, no, it, it was, it, you know, it was what it was. But I have to say, this pay-per-view, if if you had to said to me, look, we're going to have a pay-per-view. We're gonna, not only are we going to have an in-your-house pay-per-view, but it's going to be NXT. Not only is it going to be NXT, but they're going to bring back a stage. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, no way. That's just not a thing. And they did. And not only that, so straight away, the presentation, the unique feel of it, bringing back some fans and having a bit of a crowd there. The commentary was great. Presentation was great. But then the matches were unreal. It just was a really, really fun time to be a wrestling fan and just sit back and go, this is really good. The opener was really cool. Um, I wasn't That's my favorite. That might have been my favorite match of the night, actually. Because you're watching on YouTube or any of the other video platforms um, behind me today is Tegan Knox because, yes. my goodness, did I become a fan of hers last night. And that was halfway through the match. That was prior to her win. And then I started looking her up and reading about her background and the injuries that she's had to go through, having to pull out of the Mae Young Classic a couple mm. times. It just she is a talent that I am glad that they did not give up on because of injuries or, or things like that. Because when you find somebody that can do a four fifty off the turnbuckle to the outside, they're in my book as a wrestler I'm gonna like. It's <laughs> Dave's just like, I love the indies. I just like flips. It's <laughs> all I want. <laughs> It was like, how? How did she? Yeah, that's how. It was that one move. I went, all right, new fan. It was all the flips all the time. And it's just like, but look, I loved it too. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I didn't like um, this match. This match, while it wasn't my favorite match tonight, it had the best moments in it, I think, from a, from in-ring competition. Purely, like, usually because six people tag team matches are terrible usually because it's very lazy and sloppy this wasn't this was completely opposite this was like almost a uh, tornado tag team match at some points all the women were in the ring at one point all the women were outside the ring at some point it was crazy it was really really good and it wasn't that long either it was a nice 10 minute match so they got they all got in to do what they needed to do told a pretty good story Tegan Knox got over big fan of her I'm going to be watching her as well because she it's weird, she kind of looks like a lot of the, the women who've come through wrestling before. She has that very, mar- exactly, yeah. you can see that she has a very marketable face um, and look. But she also kills it in the ring as well. So it's just like, definitely one to watch, Dave. Good shout. Um, out of everyone there, I'd say she's definitely uh, the, the the MVP of the night for me. Um that's how we I gotta, start. I gotta that's highlight something. When, I, when sure. I see it, I gotta highlight it, you know? Because oh, yeah. It's, Most definitely. And me, and this is, you know, another thing about writing in that era that we were just talking about is there is not a time when I would have found myself saying, yeah, I am. wow, the women won I'm the doing night. I'm doing a show, that, that just wasn't a reality that we lived in. There were good matches here and there, but oh, my goodness. I thought between – that was just a fun opener. I'm not making it out to be like it was some phenomenal match, but it did what an opening match of a pay-per-view is supposed to do. And well, so the women opened it with a great match that I loved, and they ended it with a great match that I loved. And I think – no, I know that that's the first pay-per-view in history I've ever felt that way about, including the all-women's pay-per-view. Yeah, well, look, that's because, you know, while that was done as kind of like a backhanded compliment for, hey, yeah. we're going to this repressive regime where women are banned – but hey, don't feel bad about it because here's your own pay per view. 
it's like uh, that's not as good as we're going to put on this great show and we're going to end it and start yeah. it the best way possible because well uh, if you want if you want great Derek, just remember next week next sunday night we get the stop. greatest match ever stop <laughs> oh my god I, we haven't even talked about that and i don't know how to i'm like i i, I saw that ad for the first time i was like there's no way that's what they're calling it no it is and they've been doing this for a while like on the observe- we're talking about we're talking about uh, randy orton and edge by the way are, having are. a match at backlash next sunday yeah okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll transition there a bit for a second because we have to talk about it yeah the observer kind of had a big rant on this as well and i'm like i agree there's no way that that could ever be possible like it's Randy Orton and Edge. Don't get me wrong. They're big, great. Big fan of Randy Orton. Big fan of Edge. They're no, no. They, well, AJ Styles isn't there, and it's not ten years ago in TNA. So it's just like, no, <laughs> this is not no. Like, what? Call it anything else. Greatest match of the year. Okay. Greatest match of the week. Probably. Greatest match. It's dumb. Really dumb. <laughs> really dumb. Odd marketing tactic. That's going It's to... not even after the match, but what? I mean, they've been doing this, right? We've been having the greatest tag team in the world crowned in Saudi Arabia and the greatest wrestler with Shane McMahon. And I, I don't know why this is their gimmick the past couple of years, but this is just what they're... I mean, they're swinging for the fences <sighs> to establish this as some greatness or it's going to be better than... I mean, tell me that they're not influenced by having some competition. Yeah, but like, you know, just have a competition and then there's, you know, headbutt on the wall and thinking they're winning. It's and that's what they're doing. Like they set <laughs> they set themselves up here to fail. Like if this isn't the greatest match of all time, everyone's going to hate the pay-per-view purely because they've they're look, here's here, I'm going to just it's let so silly. I'm just going to let what every, a weird conversation this is. I know I, I, look, weird. I'm just going to let everybody in on, on a secret in life. All right? No matter if it's your job or your whatever expectation is key right if you expect something and it's not met you're going to be peeved off right you go into i don't know burger king and they they serve you chicken like kfc chicken you're gonna be like what what is this this is weird i didn't expect this you know if you're watching star this is the thing with the star wars movies if you're Mm -hmm. expecting star wars and your expectations subverted you're going to be very upset because you were not <laughs> expecting that. You know, it, it, nice word choice. Yeah, and this is this is this is like a rule. Like when you're dealing with customers or if you are serving a product to a customer, um, they expect something. <laughs> and your job is to manage that. So by having this, oh, it's going to be the greatest match of all time. It better fucking be the greatest match of all time <laughs> or else it's going to fail. It would gay. So good luck. Good luck, WWE. You, just why? You just, you know, there was no reason for that. You know, but I suppose it sounds better than greatest match you'll see this week. Because that's less... <laughs> is that... That's like, less. What, is, what does that mean to every match on the card besides it, though? Like, uh, how does the booking team handle this? Okay, guys, listen. You got to make sure your match isn't better than Randy Orton and Edge. <laughs> so no matter what you do. There, it was just sitting there. <laughs> like, well, you know, is AJ on the card? Because his match is probably going to be better than that. And it's just like... I don't, I, I don't oh, know. He wasn't man. in... I don't... Who knows? And that's not even the main event. That's no. what blows my mind. It's, it's, Shouldn't the main event of a show always be the best match of the show? And thus, I mean... I don't know. I I can't believe they all sat around and said, yeah, we did it, guys. We've won wrestling. It's like, no, you didn't. We've you just, won wrestling. You just, you just set yourself up to fail. So, you know, good luck. That's all I can say. It's That's bad news. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I can't believe we didn't talk about... I'm amazed you've only just seen that now. <laughs> like, the yeah, last week. 
It's I yeah. Somehow I managed to tune out sometimes of like the weekly shows. How did you miss the memes? The memes have been going for like know, a month. I didn't go on. I didn't spend enough time on Reddit. Oh I just, my god, it works crazy. Fair. But, it's so funny. It's just it's so funny. Like. It's, oh, wow. no, well, hold on, no hold way. on. There's no way that Edge vs. Orton is going to possibly be better than Braun Strowman defending his title against The Miz and John Morrison. <laughs> oh, that's going to suck. You know, that bit, I'm so glad we don't have Wait, to... Wait, I'm looking at this card. To be fair, I Edge vs. Orton will be the best match. I haven't <laughs> they've, seen... they've assured oh, that. Oh, yeah, I know. That makes sense. I haven't seen the card, and that makes sense now. If they're just setting up a card to fail. You know what? I'll be like December to December. Because that's that yeah, only had yeah. two like one good match as well, and that wasn't even advertised. It just kind of happened on the night. Jeez. Oh man, Dude, that does. Do you know that um that elimination chamber match? Yeah. The original plan for it was Paul Heyman wanted the Big Show to get eliminated immediately, so Punk could win. Yeah. 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 And it would made more sense. People would have went home happy with that. Yeah, they would have. It would have been it, unique. It would have showcased a lot of new talent. You got a young talent. You know, talking, we, we, what are we talking? 2000 2006. 2006. It's actually, like, speaking of the thing that we're going to talk about after the after the, the break is how that started and then what it, be, what it became. We're going to try and... We, know, we might touch on that, actually, at some point. Uh, what happened with ECW and the failure of why it, why it went, why it went. But, um... You know, let, let's keep let's let's focus on the good here, not the not the sad, because <laughs> there's a lot of it. Um, yeah, but look, we might talk about the greatest match ever or whatever they're calling it, but you know, it's not going to be good, guys. Just lower your expectations. We're going to be talking about one of the greatest matches of all time later in this podcast. Exactly. Good luck, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest. I thought Finn looked great. Um, really, really good return to form there. Damien Priest, he's cool. Yeah. They're getting over that he's supposed to be like Scott Hall, and when I was watching the match, I'm like, he really does wrestle like Scott Hall. Like, very much has that kind of mannerism down, and also his move set is very. I always, Scott when Scott Hall wrestles, I always kind of see him like. I had this action figure that the leg yeah. broke when I was a kid, so oh, he no. always he always had to like because he could do the inside wow. the outsider's edge, you know, um, but. You had to move him. Are you sure that wasn't your? No, I'm not even gonna say it. (laughs) No, but you just had to, you know, you had to squeeze the leg and you throw him, throw him down. Because WCW actually had like some incredible action figures when he compared to WWE's one until like relatively recently. And um, yeah, like just when you'd move him around, I was just thinking, yeah, like that is kind of how Scott Hall wrestles because he's so tall and lanky. And that you know, it's like one of the only times where an action figure actually like mirrors that to a T. But that's what Damien Priest kind of reminds me of when I'm watching him wrestle. Um, re- some good action inside and outside the ring. Uh, Finn won. I was ecstatic. Um, you know what I really liked that match, though. There's one spot I liked is they were when they were setting up the stairs for what would eventually be uh, basically the, near the end of the match. Yeah. They incorporated into a move where uh, Damien Priest hit a what, what was it? A, it was like a side slam onto mm. the apron on yeah. Finn Balor, and I thought that was fantastic because it wasn't like. They were just setting up the stairs for one spot, or they were telegraphing that they were going to use it later. I wasn't sure at that point. Yeah. I wasn't expecting them to. And then when he teased the uh, had the razor's edge off the apron, on, I just like Finn will take this bump. I know he's crazy enough. Please don't do it. Yeah, is the thought that was going through my head. I had a similar thing at the end when he went for the second coup de gras, and uh, mm. you know, Morala was like, "Oh, he's gone on a motion. Is he going to hit it?" And usually that means he's going to miss it, and mm-hmm. you know, but. You know, this being a competent product, 
Um, it, it actually just, you know, was, was setting up the finish, which was great. But this is it. Like, I forget how good NXT pay-per-views are because it's been, it's been a while since I've actually watched one. And, um, yeah, it, it was great. All, for all the things that you'd normally be like, WWE is terrible for, or these, they don't do. And it's just like, it's really actually kind of infuriating when you sit down and you're like, this is better than everything else, including AEW. Why isn't this just wrestling, you know? Um, Why isn't this? Yeah, just? exactly. I, it's WWE have it there, and they only show it like every now and get now and then. You know what it is? It's like in Ireland we have the we have the Book of Kells in Trinity College, and every day they put a different they they it's it's a Bible, but it's like a freely fancy Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And every day they move a page so people can read it, and that's kind of like what NXT is like. Every now and then they're like, look at this great thing that we have show it to everybody, and then it goes away for a little while. It's like, what are you doing? Look, bring that back. This is important, you know? And that's kind of what it's like every time I see it. Uh, the oh, that's Ke- cool. That's the- cool comparison. Yeah, well, that's what it's kind of like, you know? Uh, Keith Lee and, George- and Johnny Gargano. Um, I really like both these guys. Um, mm-hmm. Keith Lee is, like, scarily good. Um, oh, freaky. He should not be able to move the way he moves. I don't and know. I've, I don't know. How I've been watching him, I guess, for four or five years now, mm-hmm. um, especially his time in uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And, man... I'm still astounded every time I see him wrestle. Yeah, he's like I saw. I saw him do a Huracurana one time, just to give you guys like yeah, it some got, perspective. Here. It got, a guy that big should not be able to do what he's able to do. But then he not only like the the speed and agility, but then when he needs to really bring that big man spots, he's able to do that too. Yeah, because he has a baby face. Yeah, but he's able to make himself fall into that like egotistical narcissistic type of character of the bask in his glory Mm. that you're able to buy into it when he wants to be mean and ferocious so he's not just like a uh one-dimensional type of character yeah he's like even if like even if they were to use him in one role purely by his moveset and what he's able to do he would overcome it which is a very rare thing to see in any wrestling promotion so he's always a treat to see and working with johnny gargano is you know, this was always going to be a good match. This was a fantastic match. This was my match tonight, actually. Because um, um, I, I like both these guys an awful lot. So, fair play to Keith Lee for, for retaining. Um, but Johnny Gargano is... I think he's actually better chasing the belt than holding it. Which is... Um, oh, yeah, and I love... You know what else I love? I love that this match had a storyline behind it. And oh, the yeah. storyline was something really mundane. Because we used to get that all the time in wrestling. We used to get super mundane what? types of storylines. Like, oh, he stole a sandwich from me in front of the line when we were at the catering table or something. And that's exactly what this did. It was, they had the table for three thing that they put on the network. and said they did table for two. And so, it was so, so, a very simple reason so to, break to have fo- a feud. So to break the fourth wall, that was my dog that came in. <laughs> it was one of my dogs, one of my border collies, and he wants to know when he's going to get walked. So <laughs> I will walk him afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, 100%, man, I agree. We're like, actually having a dog kennel match at Derek's house in tribute of the man, Big Boss Man. Imagine. I, you know, I love the Big Boss Man a lot, so that's that's one thing, but actually watch, you. you know, just... No. We've already covered a lot of the hardcore stuff, so we're gonna have to limit ourselves on that before we go back and you know look. Before at we continue on and continue cover hardcore. No, no, no. There's a difference. There's a difference <laughs> between the hardcore division and then ECW one night stand. But um, oh, here, wait, actually, was that was that match part of the hardcore division? 
Or was yeah. that match just... No, it was for the hardcore build. Uh-huh. Of course it was. Yeah. Oh, I just watched the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we move on, actually, um, I wasn't a big fan of the Carrying Cross match. It was okay. Uh, just It was way too short. Uh, I kind of liked seeing uh, Champa beat up, though. Oh yeah, I kind of well, liked seeing him not be a super monster for once. He needed to be, and the way he was beaten as well really set that up. I thought it was good, but I think it was like an opening salvo for a bigger feud. So yeah, that's why it they was haven't marked it six minutes and ten seconds. So it was very quick. It was it very was quick. Borderline squash. Um, the main event was phenomenal. Listen, all oh I can say gosh. about this is if you haven't seen the, this match, go see the match. Rhea Ripley yeah. is one of my favorite wrestlers, and she's not even like done yet. She's not even peaked. No, she has a lot of growth to go, and I, so I mean that in a great way. Oh, in a great way! Like she's just yeah. an absolute. Like uh, Becky's. I was talking to this with Keith the other day, and we both love Paige because we were watching the OSW review of. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen OSW's review of Paige, Va- Vanity, uh, googling herself, it's hilarious. Um, and they're OSW are reviewing horror movie um but yeah we were saying how much we love Paige and how great she actually is in the ring and it's like yeah becky's the same becky's like very much of the same ilk i would say Rhea ripley's also there too where she has all these tools um but she's still very young and she's still very inexperienced but give her give her two or three years man and she'll be up there where becky lynch was so oh wow yeah she's only 23 yeah she's she is not She's she's not old at all. Like she, that's what I mean. Like she, she reminds me so much of early Paige. The only difference mm-hmm. is we're seeing her a lot quicker than we did with Paige, and she's she's reaching those goals now in a time where she's not competing against the perception that women's wrestling is bad. She's competing against right. oh, look at all these amazing talents which I need to wrestle, and that's that's why we're seeing this, and that's why as good as this show was, the best match went on last. Yeah, Io Shirai as well. Love Io Shirai. Oh. So good. So Genius good. Genius of the sky. I said, so no, good. she's not going to so live up to that moniker. No, she did. Oh, well, wow. She did. It's like, you know the way, what was it? Uh, Pac is the man, the gravity forgot. Nothing. Yeah. Io Shirai just does things that is out of this world. So, look, if you haven't seen this match, that's all we can say. Watch it. Watch yeah, it, watch a, it, watch it. There's a quality that certain wrestlers have. AJ has it, mm-hmm. um, Styles, where when he does a match, he knows how to extend his body to make moves look more graceful. And, I mean, the genius of this guy has it. Yep. Uh, even when she jumps up on the turnbuckle to do a moonsault oh, back, it looks she so, kind of crouches in, so like, a fluid. unique position. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I love. I love when your character bleeds through into your moveset. And she didn't just fall off the top of a house. Wait, that's a hilarious statement. She didn't just fall off the top of a house. <laughs> yeah. She really leapt up and extended and made that so much more impressive than it, it would have been. It's like, you know, when RVD used to do, for anyone who hasn't seen it, when RVD used to do the frog splash. That's what it's like. She she wrestles like a really good RVD. RVD, but better. You know, it's like... I, I all, know all, that's possible. Well, you know, but that's what I mean. Like, it's she's such a good talent. And again, she yeah. doesn't have the years of... Um, she doesn't have the mileage on her. She doesn't have the, the, the body damage or, or, you know, the the other extracurricular activities that RVD did um, on her. So no, she's, she's 30. I mean, this is her prime. Exactly. For somebody who's five foot one and a half and barely over a hundred, you know, hundred pounds. Wow. Man, but she brings the fire and that's, that's the main thing. But listen, before we, before we give our, uh, before we move over to ECW, what did you, th- I wasn't expecting this uh, backlot brawl to be a cinema- cinematic match. But it was. No. It was also well, well, it a was, ring. It was, but it wasn't. 
had a ring, which was weird. Because backlot brawls usually don't have a ring. So this this was a different one for me. Like, what did you think about this going into it? You know, this is funny. You know what my uh, lasting impression was? I And you already mentioned the Star Wars references earlier, so I might as well just say it. Yeah. I started curse, I started uh, cursing off J.J. Abrams at one point because there was so much lens it's- glare. <laughs> I couldn't there was. take it. There was. But again, it made sense. In universe, <laughs> from the way they were shooting it, all the light came from the ring yeah. of circles. And usually, like, the Eddie Guerrero-John uh, Cena match, that was pretty much just a match, but the, it looked more like they would shoot WWE. This, they were going for, like, a cinematic approach, and I loved it. It actually felt like I was watching... Um, it felt like I wasn't watching WWE, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It felt like I was watching something else. Yeah. Um, we well, didn't much, get the soundtrack this time. No. Instead, we got commentary, but this Which time I think it worked. Yeah, because they're good commentary. The commentary teams were competent. Yeah, then. they're not a pack of idiots. And yeah. it was just... It was great, like... I just want... You know what, right? WWE should just have an off-branch where they just do show matches like that. Yeah, why not? It was like Lucha Underground. Oh, that's what it was like. It was like Lucha Underground. That's what it felt like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It was Lucha Underground before they lost the plot and had that match that killed the entire company. Um, <laughs> it, it was... Um, that's what it felt like. It felt like, wow, this is a completely unique way of presenting a match which we've seen many times before in a way that gets people over that's safe and also has some great although safe uh, Adam Cole's arm looked absolutely manky after taking that spot I liked liked seeing some blood though it was nice and it wasn't like yeah it wasn't like you know where he played himself it was like yeah he probably really hit his arm off that and that probably really hurt it was it added that extra oomph to to the match and that I lo- something that kind of was bizarre to me during the Keith Lee Gargano match was how are you going to key somebody all up in the eye and there's no blood, no yeah. damage? Like, that was like, well, you know, it's like, silly, you know. And I'm not saying I need my wrestlers to bleed every match. I'm just trying to accentuate that when you do see color in a match like Colbert's Dream, it kind of adds something. Yeah. And it was uh, like, I love Adam Cole. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers, which I didn't expect at all. No, um, just, just great. Uh, just a really, really solid hand, um, and one of the well, like again. It's funny because NXT is such a good promotion that going up to the main roster, you're like, it, it's it's sometimes not worth it. Like with Finn Balor, like he's back and he's absolutely killing it. He's in a much better position yeah. now than he was on the main roster or would be on the main roster. And as long it, as you're being compensated well enough, exactly. Once you're getting paid what what you're worth, stay yeah. in NXT because that's brilliant. Like Dream, Dreams, Dream, Dream is all character for me. Um, and yeah, but it didn't fit him. It didn't fit him. No, no. It was a weird. And I it thought was it was weird. a. I'm. I'm a, hmm, hmm, how do I? I thought it was a questionable choice, given the current climate. I thought that too. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, it's not I, just I me. thought that too. Uh, yeah, I yeah, when he came up to the car with the bat. I was yeah, like, I was what like, are you going for here. No, I was like, I know what they were going for. They were going for a Walking Dead reference. Yes. And I'm like, cool. But I'm like, you know what? This doesn't look good. And I would have reconsidered. But and we're was, only making a footnote of this because yeah. WWE seems to have a habit of unintentionally doing things at the worst time possible. Yeah, like, they ha- Keith Lee obviously came out with the jacket, which was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, yeah. But this was like, oh, this is an opposite message. This probably probably shouldn't have done it. But then again, they did probably shoot this. tone deaf. 
Yeah, a little, a little tone deaf. That doesn't take away no, from it. I no. mean, it was good. We're it just pointing good. it out because it's <laughs> look, you know we do, don't do, hate do, wrestling. We think it's funny. Yeah, look, it, it, it's up there with you know when they did the Muhammad Hassan thing after the seven seven bombing. It was like that's just bad timing, and I think this was just bad timing too because this was pre taped. Yeah. So it's like right. I'm like okay, you know, it is what it is, but it's kind of like oof, that's. That's just bad WWE. That's a bad time, and so you can't really blame anyone for that, other than if they were no. going to cut it from the show, and they weren't because it was such a big part of it, you know. Um, but yeah, it was what it was. It's the other side of the hand if you do cut it, because then oh yeah. well, what are your reasons for cutting? It? Exactly. You, know, you just kind of you have you to live with it. It's just 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 an interesting footnote yeah, in that match. It was just kind of entertaining, and you're just like, oh, that was. You know what else uh, made me grimace a little? When Adam Cole came out at first, I got some Hogan Big Show vibes. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I was just like, okay, well, once once the the cars aren't going to wrestle, that's the main thing. Once it's the get out, it (laughs) was fine. Pixar comes in and just animates the match. Animates the match. (laughs) That's the next step in the cinematic universe. (laughs) Oh, Lord. You know, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked (laughs) at this point. WWE. (laughs) This week on pay-per-view. Oh, my God. Um... But look, overall, I'd give this pay-per-view a solid B+, plus, um, if not A-. minus. Fantastic show. Better than WrestleMania. I'm not going to remember it, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, too. Um, I will remember it because of the presentation, more than anything else. I'll probably download hmm. the pack on uh, Communities and 2K19 oh, yeah. yeah. and have a great old time. But uh, yeah, well done, WWE. Solid pay-per-view. Look, we're going to skip our break, and we're just going to go straight into it because we have 20 minutes. We might go into overdrive dependent on what we get into my dog is re- really wants a walk so really really wants really a wants a walk so but uh, if you guys are watching on youtube make sure you click subscribe yeah. and all that stuff i mean if you made it this far why not i'll tell you what if we get 10 likes on this video i will show my dog on camera next week he's oh, a bo- okay he's a border okay. collie he's pretty cool i That's have two i have two of them mowgli and zeus and zeus is the small he was a runt so he's the smaller one and he's very agile so he's able to like do crazy shit so I saw that picture of Zushu shared this week yeah sure. he's gas he's so funny um, you guys should be following us on Instagram exactly well. exactly keep up what's going on to be fair a lot of my Instagram is my pets because there's nothing else going on yes. at the moment but um, alright so let's go back into time machine back to 2006 yeah back before the world fell apart a time which I would give pretty much anything to go back to I'm not gonna lie if I could be stuck in a time period um, it would be 2001 to 2007. Well, maybe we could That's skip right. the end of 2001. Yeah, well, the end of 2001, fair, but I did get to go to America in Well, you know what? You know, screw it, actually. It was, it was actually nice to see a country all together for once. Yeah, and look, I, I, last time. I got to go over to America in August 2001, so That's D- cool. Disneyland was cool. Not going to lie. No connection, by the way, guys. No connection. No. That's a different podcast. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> it was, um, yeah, like... So we're going back, and th- th- did, this was weird because this show was when I was just getting back into wrestling. I left wrestling mm. almost entirely for about three years, two to three years. Um, after 2002 into 2003, I was like, you know what? It's not really my thing. Um, just walked away from it. 2005 is when I start watching TNA. That's when I start, you know, because yeah. it was a thing again. I was like, cool, going to watch this. Watched ECW's One Night Stand um, in 2005 because I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I had kind of slowly seeped back in. By this time, 2006, I was already a fan again. But I was at Metallica the same oh, night. Really? Yeah, because Metallica were playing in, in the RDS in Dublin. 
um, the same night in June. Um, it was there. It was after Saint Anger, so it was around that time. And um, they had done. Like I got home and I'm like, oh cool, this is on now. So watch this. And now that, that's one. Of, you know, I might complain about oh, having to watch wrestling at one in the morning, but sometimes it's kind of handy because you get to do stuff like that, you know. And it was during the summer, so we were off school and stuff. So it was you know a great time. But um, yeah, like. That that's where I was just to set things. So, what about yourself, Dave? Well, yeah, I mean, this was our this was our formative high school years. Yeah, essentially. For sure. yeah. I mean, this is when I was in, I guess, grade eleven or you know twelve. So just ending, you know. So, I it was absolutely fantastic time for me, just like in life, because I was still watching with that childlike wonder. And this is also a lot of people don't know this about me. They might think I started on Recipe or whatever. But actually, when I was in school, I started writing and I had a column that was syndicated on about like 12 or 13 sites, mm. small ones, just so I could work my way up to yeah. you know, get to those other sites. And uh, man, it was it was definitely a time period where I was super invested in wrestling because I was learning about not just wrestling, but using it as a tool to learn about myself as a writer. Right. So I was really into the industry during this time frame and really into understanding why do storylines exist the way that they do? So when mm. you get the culmination of the storyline that you got for the main event of this pay-per-view, it was just everything as a fan that I needed at that time. Yeah. No, I, it, it, it's funny because 2006, you know, I finished up school in 2007. Right, so s- similar, similar kind of experience. And I didn't get involved in the wrestling media as such until 2007 after I had gone over to the Impact Zone. Um that's that's when I kind of got into it then and from there you know what happened happened but it was a very different uh, different world um, totally different places and watching it solely as a fan um, is is something that I've kind of I haven't didn't get to do until recently like we do this show as fans which is right. great and we're the it, only fans that don't hate wrestling exactly that's it the only podcast it. yeah the only podcast done by fans who don't hate wrestling and that's absolutely uh, and having that back now because i've watched this show many times i've watched it about what yes 12 13 times at least um and going back and watching it now through that lens is great because i haven't been able to do that in a while it teleports uh, you back in time. It does, and it's it's one of those things that, like you know, music does it as well, where you, it takes right. you right back. But this is when you capture that kind of, as you said, childlike wonder almost. It's a really cool experience. Like having ECW back as a thing. Like the build up to this was great. I remember watching the the W the WWE Raw SmackDown ECW Super pre show, which was on the sun, which was on a Saturday before it. That was cool. <laughs> Never seen that before. Um, hyping up for ECW, which we didn't know what it would become. Like, there's so much, like, glorious wonder and, like, excitement around this whole show. And that was kind of captured not only in, like, the most famous wrestling sign of all time, which is in bad taste now, but, again, like, (laughs) riots weren't really a thing in 2006. So, you know, the threat of them was actually a thing. And, obviously, wrestling fans don't riot because you know we're wrestling fans we just continue watching anyway um it's just what happens um but yeah that was the biggest the most famous wrestling sign of all time still is probably and um yeah the legacy of it is just incredible like it's it's one of those shows that when you look back you're saying this is a moment or vd winning not only the wwe title but then what would become the ecw title huge unexpected 
um, and completely out of this world. But before we get into that, yes, what I really like actually, there's a great. I want to give a shout out to a YouTube channel called V Infuso. Um, really like V Infuso. His stuff is great. He's one of the best YouTube channels you don't know about. So look him up. Um, I think he did something on this a while ago, but check him out. Um, Rey Mysterio versus Sabu. This was a match I remember being horribly disappointed in, but also I couldn't believe it was happening. Sabu was actually mm. in the world title picture. You know, yeah, this, this match really upset me. Um, well, the ending upset me. Yeah, like but... it, it upset me greatly as a as a kid, and yeah. now I'm like, this was so cheap. <laughs> this is Sabu. The man glued his arm back together oh, in a match. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But the match itself was actually pretty good. I tell you that chair shot that Ray yeah. took. Holy Christ! Like <laughs> completely unprotected, like just nothing, just wham! Unbelievable. Yes, uh, this is the pre-Benoit era, so we were taking unprotected headshots. <sighs> it was wow. it, it was unbelievable. Like, did uh, you ever think though, when you were watching at that time, that if you had placed yourself fourteen years into the future, that you'd be going, "Man, chair shots to the head are a bad thing." I probably have writings where I defended them back in the day. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I just, I support it completely now that they should be banned, yeah. obviously. We know about CTE, all of that. But we were naive back then. Uh, I was young back then. I, I'm not going to deny that I kind of admitted enjoying it, but now it shocks me when I see it. Look, in Rome, there was this thing. <laughs> the Colosseum. We are animals who like violence. Instinctively... We're going to kind of enjoy it. But our moral brain says, no, that's wrong. So that's why we don't like it, because we're older. <laughs> and we're not sick in the head. <laughs> Our teens who are like, yeah, violence is good. Look at the violence. It's like, no, that's horrible, you know. Step back now. Don't, you know. <laughs> and that's the difference. It's because, one, we're older and two, we have things. But again, instinctively, there's still that kind of bloodlust in humans that are like yeah get them and you're like no don't get them because it's horrible and yeah i totally agree yeah. but you know if we if that work hadn't have been done thankfully it was done and we know now but yeah man i'm not gonna lie when you're watching the show and you see it you're like damn that's pretty cool but you're also just like oh no it's it, <laughs> no. it, you know it's just it is what it is like i'm glad look i'm glad nobody's taking unprotected share shots now i praise that nobody is taking unprotected share shots now but Watching a match with unprotected chair shots, used, like, not Mick Foley chair shots, which is horrific. Um, like, even in context, it's her, it's the most, it's a horrific, horrific thing to see. It's the worst thing ever. It's the worst thing ever. It really is. Like, I, I'm amazed The Rock didn't go to jail, like, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, I, uh, I love the way, I know, like, I love the way Sabu throws a chair. Yeah. I like, love when people's heads get caught between it when it hit, because then I know the chair's moving out of the way yeah. as well. I mean, it hurts. It obviously takes force, but, but still, like, it's a really cool visual. Like, Sabu's... Uh, Arsenal is chairs and the way he uses them he used them like anybody else like I, I love a good Sabu match they can't be done now well one because he's a lot older and two just can't do it but you go back and watch his matches you're going to see some really cool stuff you know throwing the chair uh, this, the, the Arabian face bomb um, just unbelievable stuff um, and I, I love him. He's great. But what I really... That spot at the end, I will have to say, even though it was disappointing, the spot where he set out the table and then did the crash on the outside did look really cool. But it was a little bit, you know... No. It was what it was. Um, it was it was just... 
we wanted to go a bit longer. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't mention that just just very quickly. That Panama Sunrise onto the ECW chairs. I'm calling them the ECW chairs because yeah. the uh, undisputed era threw them into the match that was during cool. uh, the takeover. Uh, that, that, that was a cool spot. Yeah. Was, this kind of reminded me of it. But yeah, who who would have thought WWE would allow a Canadian destroyer? Let alone a Canadian destroyer Dude. on chairs. Oh, when that match ha- when that spot happened, I was like, "That is effing cool! It's unbelievably cool! It <laughs> looks so, so good! It lo- yeah, I know it's dangerous, but I'm like, it's so cool looking, so you know." Cool. And this is it. Like we're wrestling, even though it's worked and we know it's predetermined, it's still a combat sport. So how? It needs to be a little bit dangerous, and you know that's why they have the big matches. That's why match in a cell doesn't work. That's why hell in a cell works. Match in a cell just doesn't work. You know, if you're going to introduce Occam's Razor, right? Um, right. If you introduce a, a, if you introduce a chair or a load of chairs, those chairs better be used because they that is just be a tease. Used. You know, and to use them with a Canadian destroyer is effing rad. Sorry, I can't believe we didn't mention Badal. Absolutely, no, I shout that out. I'm actually going to go back after we finish taping and watch that spot again because it was so good. <laughs> it was crazy. I remember just popping like, oh, great. Anyway, um, this show opened with a very disappointing Taz Lawler match. I thought their match at SummerSlam was a lot better um, from like, what, four or five years ago? Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, six, yeah, six years Four ago. or five years difference, my mate. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was what it was. But this was just basically to get Taz back up to the commentary booth, which is where he'd stay um, in ECW. We had the first WWECW match. And this was weird for me as a kid. Because neither but, ECW. <laughs> but also, it was just a WWE match. Like They had pyro and everything. And I did like Joey Styles' little snide remarks about it. I thought that was fun. But I'm like, mm. this is just silly, lads. Like, it's just a WWE match. But Randy Orton got, like, horrifically taunted and booed by everybody in the arena. They called him stuff, which, if said now, would be a hate crime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. They'd be cancelled. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, I can't believe these words were just said and broadcast and now you'd be cancelled and you know oh, you absolutely would be though to be blue. fair this was pay-per-view and you can show literally anything on pay-per-view it's just yeah. weird because but still it's on the streaming <laughs> network now so like like yeah ha- like hard hard f-words and other such things yeah it's like yikes you know big yikes for me but again we're 14 years older and we're, we're grown adults so it's kind of like okay but, but know, grown so adults were saying this at the time yeah, you're like what's yes. going on like come on i don't understand what their issue was yeah. <laughs> you know it's what's what's so funny though is that those people in 2006 were complaining that we weren't getting the language and the nudity and everything that we were getting in the late 90s yeah so it's like every 10 years it's like you guys don't realize it was still pretty ridiculous it was pretty yeah during and, that time. and like yeah it, it's because you know when you go to a wwe show there's like six eight-year-olds there with their families this show was all like um what 18 and above who want who, who wanted all the the stuff from the actually there? So yeah, the language is going to be a bit different. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I brought my kid to uh, to a WWE show and the guy beside me was using hard F's, I'd be like, hey man, you know, don't. You know, this <laughs> is like, can you not? So yeah, I totally understand it. You know, it's a different kind of different kind of world. You know, um, but yeah, like 
this match was fun. 15 minutes, a bit too long, but it did get over Kurt Angle's new, new character. Did get over his new, uh, harder, extreme persona, which was cool. The next- man, sometimes when I watch these pay-per-views, though, I just I fast forward in my head to a WrestleMania 12 years later and go, what happened? I mean, with Kurt Angle, we know what happened. But yeah, sometimes, man, you know, like, <laughs> well, look, Kurt Angle would be gone out of company by the end of this year and he'd be over in right. TNA probably for, and I'm, you know, I would cover this on the four pod, man, um, probably for the best run of his career. TNA hmm. was the best years of his career and stuff he did there. That's why, that's what happened. Those moonsaults off cage, Christ on his throne. That is just unbelievable. Like, unfortunately, no way he could withstand the pain, which turned out to be an issue. But But listen, guys, we're going to take our break here for the radio segment. Um, If you're listening, go over to nerdtonomedia.com right now. Get the rest of the show. Subscribe on YouTube, um, Twitch, all that kind of good stuff. If you go onto YouTube, that's where you're going to get a whole bunch of content. So we, we would urge you to go there. Nerd to Know Media on YouTube. NerdToKnowMedia.com is where you can get everything. Check out all the shows. We'll be back next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Guys, for everyone who's listening to the audio feed or watching the show, we're going to come right back after this. And we're back here on the stream. I'm going to get some ads to play. Wow, what a long break that what was. What a long break that what was. What a long break. It's funny because on the actual like audio segment, I actually do put in ads, but I need to get some for the stream. So uh, yeah. we'll do that. But uh, but if you guys are sticking with us into overtime, it means you are watching some other platforms. So seriously, I'll love you if you subscribe. Yeah, like, look, this is fun because, as I said, you know, we were covering wrestling for about 10 15 years where it wasn't fun and all we wanted to do was we weren't just laughing this much trust no us. <laughs> it was just like you know what's it Brin's like Dara you're everything you go to is just you know talk about TNA and that would be your point for everything I'm like of course it was that's what I was working for you know it's like that's, <laughs> it was just what I was watching the whole time but with WDB it was, it was just like ugh but actually being able to go back and watch this now and enjoy this stuff again is, is just an absolute privilege so everyone thank you for watching the show and for joining us as well and again look if there's something you want us to cover because this is a show that is kind of dictated by you guys so like if you don't tell us what we're going to watch Dave's going to send me a message at like on a Friday going what are we going to talk about and I'm like oh I don't know uh, this maybe well, oh, next we're going to talk about the greatest uh, match of all time apparently but other than apparently that, we are. Yeah, apparently that's what's going to happen I mean, how can we not? It's going to be earth shattering. It has to. It has to. Like that—that's my expectation. I don't know about you, man. I, I fully expect there to be a cataclysm. We're going to end the younger Dryas. I'm not sure. Something, something, something has to happen because if not, going to be very disappointed. Very disappointed. Do you think? Do you think it'll be a cinematic match? Oh well, it has to be the best match. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, does that? Well, unless 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 we're looking at it wrong, and the best match of all time is a gimmick match. And that's, also, and so that's there's the Randy Orton and Edge, and then also there's the greatest match of all time. Exactly, and that, then also there's okay. Like, that's the actual gimmick itself. I mean, just having told one now. Is, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but they're just becoming TNA, where they're going to like explain exactly what it is on the on the screen. Give a list of 20 rules exactly. that no one can understand. Oh my gosh. Great, you know, I, I like the, King I, of the Ladder, but good luck explaining it. I look, King of the Mountain match, I will defend. Because I, I love King of the Mountain yeah, match. Yeah. But the, what, the last rights match? 
Oh, dude, penalty boxes are so hard to keep track. Of. Yeah, it's, it's and you have to pin somebody before you can call. Like what? No, you have to you have to pin someone before you're activated, and it's like. Yeah. So like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like somebody was playing over. the video game was like, okay, now you've got your finisher on. Now you're good to go. It's like now you have the little icon that you can, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, actually, what we should do, well, <laughs> if we run out of fun WWE stuff, we might look at crazy TNA stuff eventually. Uh, oh, if to. there if there's an audience for it. Because I'm trying to figure out a way how oh, we won't. True. I'm trying to figure out a way how we won't get, like, like watch-alongs and stuff are okay to do, but... It's kind of risky with copyright, so we'll just see. Yeah. We'll just see. Like we might, we might go back. Like let us know if you want to see some TNA stuff. Um, let us know in the in the comments below. Um, but yeah, getting back to this, right? So there was a Balls Mahoney uh, Tanaka match. Not a good match. Balls didn't look very good. Balls didn't look very good. No, but like no. Tanaka this was the uh, shortest real match on the card. Yeah. And, um... Like uh, you know, you expect a great things out of a guy like Tanaka. And- well, look, the year before we had Mike Awesome's match with Tanaka, which wasn't the best Mike Awesome Miss Tanaka Tanaka match. That is Heat Wave '98, I think. Um, but that's the one that we'd always watch as kids. We're like, hey, right. I remember going over to my friend Chris's house, and he'd be like, hey, bro, do you want to watch this? I'm like, what is it? This is crazy, and we'd watch Heat Wave '98. <laughs> Just yeah. you know, crazy. So that would kind of always be the one that, in my circle, we'd be like, this is the best Tanaka match with Mike Awesome and the one they yeah. got in One Night Stand 2005 was pretty good but wasn't the best one this was very disappointing and like what I will say is like this this pay-per-view it had some elements in it that should have foretold that it's not going to be fully what we expect it to be this was definitely well first uh, rest in peace to Mike Awesome oh, yeah, did I get sure. it right this week did you did right? get it right you did yeah because yeah, yeah, right. you thought you were still alive for some reason I know. Do you have to go? I have to slide it in. I have to bring it up. If you hadn't brought it up, I would have forgot. But you know, Dave Stevens, former former uh, reviewer of Raw (laughs) for years, didn't know Mike Awesome was that sorry. um, Sorry, Dave. I I had to. Had to. You just had to rub that in. I did. I did. Yeah, had to. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to cover my butt I'm for sorry. a couple weeks ago. And you're like, sorry. you know what? I'm going to expose you right expose. here, right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Look, everybody makes mistakes. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, nobody's perfect, no. as Miley Cyrus would sing. No. That's a whopper tune, though, to be fair. Miley Cyrus, man. She, I have to say, her Hannah Montana stuff was better than, uh, than her Miley Cyrus. Just saying. Just saying. I mean, there, there's ups and downs. There is. There's ups also, and down periods. One thing you but will, yeah, apparently she is good on that Black Mirror episode. I haven't seen it. it she plays that Ashley. You know, girl, she's, like, she's really good. That whole episode is quite good. There's also a Hannah Montana Linux version, if people are interested. You know, I saw you post so that. That's and wild. The more I learn, I'm going to... Yeah, mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. You might have your form of Debian right there, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think that's a topic for a different podcast. Because there is a tech podcast coming to Nerd to Know Media, so... You know, oh, cool. I mean, you know, one of the things that. I really like about having so many shows on this network is I will find a topic pop up that I would not expect to be covered or talked about. Um, one of it had to do with Pikachu one week, and I was interested. Mm. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, and there, was a, there was, what, a, a dream version of Platinum, something that you guys wanted to play. Oh, uh, that's wild. Yeah. Like- week or something. So it's just there's so much fun on this network, guys. So you subscribe to our show. You're subscribing to getting to see a lot of other shows pop up in your feed as well with some topics that might 
might just tickle your fancy. Exactly. Like, and that's the thing, you know. If if you're if you're watching, if you don't like wrestling, why are you watching this? But if you know, if you do, well, like, I mean, uh, there, there is yeah. there is us. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's you know, well, yeah. yeah. But when, uh, but like, there's so much covered on this that literally there is stuff from you know hardcore Japanese horror and Pikachu to conspiracy theories and aliens. So it, it, we cover everything on this network. So if you're if you're watching this or if you just came across this. Um, subscribe I guarantee it's worth your time and uh, yeah um, watch out for some crazy technology stuff which is coming soon so Hannah Montana Linux is a thing and will be covered at some point <laughs> <laughs> even if I have to do it but um, <laughs> right so yeah uh, R.I.P. Uh, Mike Awesome and don't worry Dave I won't bring it up again that's how that's how we segue that's how we segue back so yeah like my, my now, I always get to associate it with Miley Exactly. Well, there you go. Great. Um, Master- On a very serious note, I'm just going to try and bring us in super serial. Just so super serial. Kind of yeah, so just- we can go back. So we can go um, back yes. to the chair shots. Since we are going back to some hardcore stuff, I do yeah. want to give a shout out to um, Danny Havoc, a phenomenal deathmatch oh, wrestler yeah. that um, passed away this week. I had the chance to meet him a couple times. Very down-to-earth guy. There's a lot of people, um, I said this in my post, but there's a lot of people who get into deathmatch wrestling just for exposure, maybe other forms of wrestling. Uh, they wouldn't quite fit in or uh, he's a guy that did it just because that's really the type of wrestling that he loved and he wanted to elevate it. And um, mm. it was just kind of a shock and, uh, you know, just wild. I was not expecting wild. that. I was not expecting that news. I don't think anybody really was. Um, yeah. Mm. RIP to Danny Havoc. It's, it sucks. Mm. You know, like he, he was, I think he's he co- like 34. So yeah, yeah, he's, you know, only a couple of years older than us. Like, so it's, it's, it's sad. it's been a while since we had that kind of death and wrestling thing, and um, you know when you're watching hardcore wrestling, it's not death match wrestling, and death match wrestling definitely is a choice. Like we saw it with Mox, where he left WWE to go wrestle in the glass and barbed wire. Um, yeah. It's just a calling for some guys, and this is what they want to do. So you know that is really sad. And I, I, when it happened, I I saw your post, Dave, and I was like, well, man, that's. That's really sad. So hopefully him and, and his you family. And you're really happy though. I got to say is seeing WWE stars, uh, yeah. reach out and mention yeah. him on Twitter and Definitely. stuff because a lot of the guys um, worked with him. Well, think about it. Like, a lot of the guys now who are big stars or former deck that match guys or have oh, yeah. been there, and that's that's oh, the, yeah. that's the difference. It's not as um, factionized. That's a word that I've made up. It's not as um, you know split where all oh, we can't talk about people who we worked with because whatever. Now it's like well yeah we did work with him and he's passed so i'm gonna you know and that that's some that you know twitter i don't particularly like i kind of hate twitter um at some points but with wrestling it's great sometimes particularly with stuff like this where communities can come together and sadly it is around death usually where communities come together but look i hope his family at least are getting the support they need and you know he, he'll always be remembered as one of the greats of death match wrestling yeah. So. One of the absolute first deathmatch show that I attended was CZW's Tournament of Death 7 back oh. in, um, I think it was 2006 or 2007. He would go on to win that yeah. event. So he was the first kind of big star that I saw. Um, I, you know, and these are days of like Necro Butcher and Moxley and all of them. So and, and Drake Younger, who was featured yet again as a referee during the Adam Cole Velveteen Dream match. Oh, wow. That was him. Yes. Oh, I knew he looked familiar. That's crazy. Like, he, you know, like, WWE seems to use him 
Triple H must trust him because he seems to get used for matches that Triple H cares about. Um, for those that don't remember, even though he's an NXT referee, he's the one that did uh, Ronda Rousey's yep. debut match. Like, it's just something they trust about him. But that's it. You know, it's like these deathmatch guys, the ones that stick around, unless they're doing crazy spots, which you can't really do anymore now, they're usually safe enough. You know, to, to wrestle that kind of style, you can't be... St- well. You know, if you're a backyard wrestler, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. But you can't really be stupid and make a career out of it. Like, if you're going and doing this dangerous stuff, you kind of need to know what you're doing. And that's probably why. You know, that's probably why he's being used. Because he's like, look, he's a safe hand. We're going to do some crazy spots here. He knows how to get out of the way and look after himself. So it's fine. But, yeah, I, I, it's a great catch, man. I honestly, I knew, when I was looking at him, I'm like, he, he looks really familiar. I don't know why. And yeah. now you've said it. So, fair play. But look, kind of circling back to this. Uh, Masanaka Tanaku has some great body of work I would recommend it if you like good hardcore matches that aren't WWE of the variety they're more like straight basically like strong style with a chair you're gonna see Tanaka pop up the, the chair shots that he took from Mike Awesome are sick but this Ball Mahoney Balls Mahoney match it's not good it's not even it's not even. It doesn't even register on his match for me. This was just ridiculous. And Balls Mahoney won, which was even more ridiculous. But this wasn't look, a good time for him in his career. No, quite it, was, frankly. it wasn't. It was not. Um, there was the FBI uh, Tajiri match. It was great to see Tajiri, but not a great match. So let's just focus on the two main events. So this was built as kind of like a double main event show. There was the ECW main event, which was an ECW feud. Versus a WWE feud. This is this was in one of Mick Foley's books. I don't remember which one. Hardcore Di- Diaries. That was the one it was in. That's when I met Mick Foley. Um, oh, during really? that time, yeah. Um, it was signing his book in Easton's on O'Connell Street, which is the main street of Dublin. And I got to meet him, and it was you know great guy, really nice guy. But um, yeah, and this is this whole storyline is mapped out. So Edge and Mick Foley had a phenomenal match at WrestleMania twenty two. That was the hardcore match, and it really kind of put Edge on the map as right. We know he's able to do ladders, we know, but is he able to hang with McFoley? Oh yeah, just like Randy Orton. Randy Orton had the same baptism by fire two years beforehand, which oh that, that oh that that yeah it was it a power bomb onto power, the tax onto the tax DDT onto the tax yeah and oh no it was uh yeah it was uh he was going for the RKO and he kind of. Pushed oh, him off, threw him, yeah, threw yeah, him, yeah. yeah. And the thing of it is, again, one thing I don't understand about lads that wrestle with thumbtacks: why are you in trunks, shirt, wear jeans and a t-shirt? Don't be. Oh, stu- I can tell you why. No, I know why, but I'm just every time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my god, this is going to end bad. Like, obviously, it's it, it's for impact, but also so tacks don't get stuck in your shirt and your all that kind of stuff. But if well, I, it's also because if you want to go out to a uh, an indie show for that type of match wearing a shirt, you're going to get plenty of hard Fs dropped your way by the crowd. Oh, really? You take it off. Oh, no yeah, way. Is, really? It is. It is not respected. Oh, right. Well, fair. They want to see if you're in a match that has <laughs> fair, barbed wire fair. or thumbtacks. They want to see the they want to see the punishment. Yeah, they want. Wow. Blood. OK, you see what I said? I go back to my statement. It's true. We are no better than the Romans. <laughs> we are no better than the Romans. Um, oh wow, that makes way more. Well, it makes sense. Well, I suppose it makes sense there. But why in WWE is was this? Do you think this was just a backstage thing where Orton was like, "I want to show how tough I am"? Um, 
Say that again? Did you think this was a similar kind of thing where Orton did that to show how tough he was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it was. Okay. Um, because he was, let's see, 2004, he debuted, debuted so this is 2006. So, yeah, this was still his, his proving time. Well, really? Well, they, I, it. Guys, I did not know that was the case. So there you go. That's why they don't cover up because they will be mocked heavily. Wow. And if you do see somebody that happens to be really, really heavily covered up, they're going to get set on fire. No way, really. Because you multiple layers yeah. that you can layer and you know, get them out. Even though I, last time I saw that happen, they still got third degree burns. But still, hey, you know, it's all cool. That's and insane. They, so yeah, they just wrestle in trunks so you can see how cut up they are at the end of the match. Yep. Pants are allowed. Pants are it's allowed. Really the, it's, it's, the, it's the canvas of the back that people want to see. Uh, you want to see cut up and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you, you can't wear a yeah. shirt, but you can wear pants. Absolutely. Well, okay, yeah, still, I, you know, I don't know why he wore trunks still because it's like, that, that cannot be You're right, Derek. He shouldn't even wear trunks. <laughs> he should have just taken that. Take that, that off. Just yeah. go for it. Oh, no. But, should have taken that spot full on. <laughs> but, like, in 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 the in this match with Edge, like, Edge was wearing tr- was wearing pants. So, it kind of was right. less. And I think he was wearing, like, a, a T-shirt and a kind of uh, vest. So, he that would be looked down upon. Is that correct? But he went through a table of fire, did he not? Oh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. There we go. That makes sense. That yep. makes sense. Um, yeah, so... I, for Sometimes I know what I'm talking about, guys. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I did not... I, my mind is blown. Dave, this is the second time you've done this on a shot I've done where you've totally blown my mind that I can't even recover. Now, to be fair, the time travel one, I was just finished at the whole point. We had to end the show because I just couldn't <laughs> comprehend it. Um, but yeah, so there you go. So yeah, like this was set up with McFoley and Edge, and then when Edge won the match, he was given the hardcore belt, and McFoley was like, "Look, you're the new hardcore guy." And this was obviously to set up a big, a big kind of heel turn for McFoley, which was weird because it's very hard to actually get McFoley booed, and this kind of work because he was doing everything. It was kind of go back to the ECW Kane Dewey anti hardcore wrestling, and it set up a feud now with. Tommy Dreamer, Terry Funk, um, Beulah. Beulah came back to, to be the the foil for Lita. Yeah. So this match was actually really good. Now, it, it was better and worse than last year, than the year before match with the Dudleys and Sandman. It didn't have that true feel to it. But it was a better match. It definitely was. Um, you know, Tommy Dreamer's ability to inflict pile drivers on women is unparalleled in the wrestling industry well yeah it's, it's something to be known for right i suppose <laughs> something to be known for yeah. i mean it's, if you live in the house of hardcore you're gonna be hardcore so it just uh you know it's i don't know would we see that nowadays maybe no. maybe not I don't no know. we would not like and mm-hmm. case in point with um lucha underground this is what took down lucha underground the violence on right. women intergender matches that's, well, that's what, what i was thinking of yeah. When I was thinking of this type of thing during In Your House, because I, I, I love Candice LeRae and, and Giant Gargano, but every time I think of Candice, I just think of the fact that she built her career as an intergender wrestler. Yeah. She built her career showing that she could wrestle against the men, and it's a side of her that I don't think we'll ever really see in the WWE. Uh, look, and there, were, there was a thing on um, the, the Observer, Brian Everest was talking about it, and it, it, it's true. Like People don't like seeing women being beaten up by men. No. They well, just don't. Well, 
But no, I, I mean, no. Oh, well, it's been no, but unscripted. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, like it's a harder sell. For example, if you're watching, yes, like it's easier uh, to sell a, a chair shot to the head unprotected than it is. Yeah, like May Young going through a table with a power bomb. But I still love both of them. Well, well, May Young couldn't really kill May Young, like you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, realistic. So that's, that's, that's the acceptable way. Couldn't really. Like, you know, she just watched us. But I mean, for your average, and even still, the way that was sold, it was like, this is the most dastardly thing done ever. But what I mean is, um, an example that Figure Four uses is when Austin was beating up the Hardy Boys and then mm-hmm. l- absolutely decimated Lita mm-hmm. with a chair and a stunner and everything. And the ratings just went through the floor. It's like, there's a line, right, where, yeah competitive matches with women totally fine intergender matches are fine but when it's absolutely brutalizing it's like somewhere that triggers that innate response where you're like yeah no this isn't you know it's just uncomfortable it's uncomfortable exactly and that's that's the difference you know i think i I think there's a huge difference between a spot and a beatdown exactly and that that's what that uh, match in lucha underground was it was a beatdown for 20 minutes yeah. So it was just like, yeah, no, this isn't it. And I think like the way they used to hear with when Tommy Dreamer does it, it's like it's a spot. It's not like a focal point of the match. And right, that's yeah, yeah. And and Lita kind of she got what she deserved as such from Beulah. Beulah was the one who was the the arbiter of justice, not Tommy. Tommy, and that was kind of a cool way that they always did it. So w- whenever they set that up, it was never gratuitous. It was always kind of inside the storyline. You know the way. Um, I'm thinking a storyline yeah. inside of what a change it was for Edge and Lita than a year previous at ECW One Night Stand. Yes, very much so. But yeah. also with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was in the anti um, to ECW camp the year before as well. Yeah, well, but there's okay. He was in the anti ECW camp, but Edge and Lita were in the anti no they were just in the fans hate you because of what's going on with matt hardy camp mm, yeah exactly because that was still, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, the, the you want to talk about some chance oh yeah and, I, and the complete this is how this is what i love about wrestling is as a fan base you can completely switch and turn around in the course of a year to beloved and we completely forgive you wrestling fans are very fickle but also very forgiving very if nothing fair. else so that's just the kind of way but like this match i really enjoyed for me it was like the highlight of the show until it wasn't um and it, if, if you want to see any match on this this was one that you really enjoy like bell to bell um as an ecw original thing mm-hmm. you know it would have fit even wait w- w- who was in it it still would have fit in ecw right that's what yeah. i mean um and then we have what wouldn't have fit in ecw at all but still goes down as one of the best ecw matches of or one of the most important ECW matches, and I use that in quotation marks, of WWE canon. It was that it's it's one of the most important wrestling matches for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, like with the that ECW proviso, which right, the, I, the WWE ECW yeah, timeline. Yeah. yeah, but like it's still it's still very important for ECW as such because of what it meant and what it did and what it set up. Now, briefly, we will touch on it. We might, we'll probably go into it more if we ever look at December to Dismember um, and what happened yeah. with the breakdown. But all things going well, this would have launched ECW into a new wave. It would have pretty much become NXT with Punk at its focal point with RVD leading that charge. 
But what happened happened and that all fell apart. And then it was no pill battle for Paul Heyman from the get-go at that point. Because remember, like, this wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be a flash in the pan kind of thing and that was it. But, you know, the the one-night stand was a massive success. The rise and fall of ECW was a runaway success. I still think it's the most sold WWE DVD of all time. I know it was for a long time. And that was it, you know. So Paul Heyman at this point was holding all the cards and had everything going his, his way. And it was undone by one police checkpoint, basically. And some bad decisions by RVD. So, just bear that in mind as we're going forward. Um, but you know what? I think what's what you're saying is important in the, in the, the sense that forget about what happened after this yeah. moment. Try try to. We I know want, We're going to talk about this moment. Yeah. Like, I, I'm setting it up in a such a way that yeah. everything that happened was completely opposite to what was meant to happen, basically. And at this point, this was Paul Heyman's probably most success until Brock Lesnar and his career after wrestling and now running Raw. But I mean, like this was a bigger ECW, success than anything he did in, in, ECW. in the original ECW. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It was this was they had more buys than they, any you know. Right? They had more buys, more attention, and more support. There was actually money behind this as well. Yes, and this was a real and the venue. Chance. The venue was a Everything. perfect choice going to the Hammerstein Ballroom. Everything. And, and you know, tapping into, we talked about, you know, the fans and not having little kids there really for the most part. And that's because the people who bought tickets, because they were priced fairly high. A thousand dollars. They were a thousand dollars. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. A thousand dollars for a wrestling show. Get effed. So you want to know why the fans <laughs> were really invested <laughs> In like, emotionally? You know, no way. Like, I'm sorry. I wouldn't pay a thousand dollars for anything. You know, no, let's <laughs> just no. Um, but fair play for anyone who did. You know, you got your you got your money's worth. Um, but yeah, like that was I could I couldn't believe that. I only found that out recently from the Solo Monster. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Tell you, you paid a thousand dollars? That's why whenever you see those people who sit at the front of every WWE show, when you know, where's the money with, coming from? What did they that's do? That's what I wonder. Like, how can you <laughs> afford to travel this much? And like, what what do you do? Exactly, it's like. Is it drugs? Are you? Because that's what it has. <laughs> is that why you're traveling that, so much? That's what it has to be. Person who shows up at every wrestling event because I don't know what you do. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, no job. That's all said and just. Obviously, they're not drug dealers. It might be. No, they, they probably are. Though, but, I don't know. So, um, but seriously, it's possible. It, anything's possible. But it's just like seriously, <laughs> anyone who's shown up at that, let me know what you do or don't because it could be something criminal. But um. Fair play. Could you imagine, like, and then you, you want to multiply that by magnitudes for, like, a, a, to sit front row at a WrestleMania? Like, yes, would that be a once-in-a-lifetime experience? But would it be worth it? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, Maybe. Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. Like, okay, look. I don't know. This, being at this show would be one of the kind of things where it's like, oh, yeah, look, it's probably worth it um, for what it was, particularly based on last year, uh, the year before. Right. Um, it probably would have been like, well, look, this is probably not going to happen again and it didn't this was the last time we'd get this presentation of ecw on a pay-per-view i know they did a couple of their early shows on on sci-fi from hammerstein ballroom and to be fair they probably should have just kept that they should go back if the can i don't know if it's still there or not i think it is but they should actually be able to go back and do a show i think when they do no i have been paying attention to what people have been doing this week couldn't well, tell you if it's still there derek oh uh, i don't know that's 
You, you're look. You're closer to it than I am. <laughs> That's the truth of it. But yeah, um, yeah. Like based on this week, it might not be there anymore. It's just it's, you know. But if it if it is still there, <laughs> this is Derek's Mike Russell moment. If it's yeah, I don't know, guys. Look, I live in Ireland. All right, we don't know. We're just a bunch of leprechauns. Okay, uh, we just look over and go. America's crazy and scary. We don't even are <laughs> staying away. Um, and I should be there now, like, in, like, 12 days, which is unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, look, if it is still there, they should use it again. That's my point. Where they should be actually... Because this had a different feel than everything else. This was, like, one of those amazing shows that felt completely... And even in WWE games, it actually, they bring it back. In mm-hmm. that um, what's what's your what's the real like low rent one that that you end up wrestling for, BCW uh, or something? Yeah, I think it is BCW, and like you wrestle in the Hammerstein Ballroom, and they make a big thing out of it. Um, Are you talking about currently? No, in the actual games itself. In 2K, oh, in the games, in, yeah, I think it is BCW. Yeah, in two K nineteen, you unlock Hammerstein Ballroom because you wrestle there, and they make a big song and dance out of it. So, obviously, it's still something that is ingrained in WWE lore. And I don't know why they've never gone back to it. Recently, anyway. Well, the good news is... it. Ah, well, good news, everybody. The uh, It's still open. It's still open. It's not burned they down, still th- thankfully. No. Good. I mean, it's not open, currently, but it's, it's open. <laughs> it's still there. It's still standing. It, it so. exists. It's still used, so but not currently. It just... But yeah, look, WWE, go back to it, you know, when this lockdown... Really what's important to know about it is that it's worth 30 seconds tomorrow. It's played their 300th sold-out world record show on well, December 7th, 2011, well, so... That's crazy. Um, that's crazy. But look, I'm giving a shout-out to my favorite band, but at this point, I might as well. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? Um, 30 Seconds to Mars has the bass player of Angel Airwaves, the former bass player. Oh, their new, their new bass player that no, they got, like, last year? No, they're all about... Matt, Matt Watt. Tomo? Matt Watcher is was in Thirty Seconds to Mars, and then he was in Angel Nervous. I actually met oh, Matt. Wait, wait, wait. I met. That's Ma- like first album, wasn't it? Uh second album. Second. It's a great album. I met Matt Watcher actually outside a show in Manchester. Um, outside an Angel Nervous show because nobody knew who he was because they were all there for Tom DeLonge, and I'm like, oh hey Matt, and he's like, what? Hey, and it was just. It was like, who's that? I'm like, it's the bass player of the band, and they're all like, what? I'm like, yeah, do you know what? That's know, cool. Yeah, yeah they're. That's an interesting era yeah, for that group. Definitely. Um, what year was that? That was 2000. Actually, that was this era. That's 2006. 2006 I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would fit. Yeah, that was, we were still getting Screamo out of Jared Leto back then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so look, I, I, I want this. I, I would want this every year. You know, and it, it's basically what we went back to um, in your house where it was a different feel. It presented a different feel and actually made the show feel important. So the minute you saw, you know, the pan coming in, you're like, okay, we are, we're here. This is, this is not WWE. And that was important to set up this match. They were like, this is not WWE. This is, you know, to Paul Heyman, it's ECW, right? That was a promo kind of thing. And yeah, you're only talking about 3000 or so people. Exactly. So exactly. It's- so it was a real, really intimate feel and it was, you know, perfect. You so, know what I love about those small venues is it allows the crowd to chant together. Exactly. It, it, it's one of the things about Madison Square Garden. It only sits 20,000. Like when you're in, let's say WrestleMania had been in Tampa Bay this year, we're talking about an 85,000 person crowd. You don't get the same kind of fluidity. You don't, your emotion's not as 
uh, connected to each other. Yeah, like that's one thing that um, one of my favorite wrestling shows I ever went to was in the National Stadium in Ireland. It was a TNA show, thousand people, but it was packed out, and it was AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle in the main event. They went for an hour. It was amazing. Oh, wow. It was unbelievable. It's probably the best match I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and it, as you said, it was because the crowd was so into it and it was so intimate and it was just like this is amazing so yeah look uh, that's what they went for and this is what they they really wanted to kind of replicate and that this is what John Cena walked into and this is John Cena we hate John Cena because he has he has transcended from being a word life John Cena which I actually really enjoy to um, this force down our troth everything that we don't like kind of character and he was he became a call he was a creator wrestler he became a creator wrestler he really did and this was full-on hatred like you know i i've never seen hatred at this level for anyone and you know he he takes off a shirt and he gets thrown back and he tries again and someone spits on it and throws it back and you're like wow this is this is serious and like you know when he walked out no one cheered, everyone booed, but he kind of went through it. And I think that was like the most face thing he could have done, where he's like, I don't care, I'm just going to go and do it anyway. So I he, loved the head was, down, yeah, just walking straight to the ring, so not, good. not slapping any hands. It was so as heel Cena as we get to see. Heel Cena. It was heel Cena, but not really. It was more kind of like anti-heel, where he's like, look, I'm just going to go and, and kick ass. Yeah, it was, I know this isn't my homeland, but I'm still here to try and defend my honor or whatever. Exactly. You know, and it's... It, it, it's never been replicated. Um, I think the the closest we got to it was with CM Punk and Money in the yeah, Bank. Yeah, that's the next one that stands out. And yeah. they both happen to be results of the Money in the Bank ladder exactly. match, which we covered. And I know we covered this match in talking about that, but um, it deserves to be reiterated for the the gems, the timestamp that it was for yeah. wrestling. Like the match itself um, was a very, very good RVD match. Like Cena, yes. one thing I liked about Cena and do like about Cena is that he always works. One thing I like and dislike about Cena is that he works to the person who he's in the ring with. So we can have some great mm-hmm. matches and then just have some absolute terrible matches. With RVD, RVD was in the prime of his career at this point. It would peter out in the next three or four years. Was sadly was in TNA, um, but it, this was his pinnacle. And it was a great match. It wasn't the most violent match in the world. It didn't have to be. It had some violent spots, um, but it served its, it served its, it served its job. You know, for the first ten minutes, it was a very very competitive match. Then we start getting schlock, basically. Mm. And in the end, and obviously, it was John Cena at the table. Some guy comes in wearing a mask, like a biker's helmet. Spears John Cena. It's Edge, which nobody expected. No, especially not because he already wrestled earlier in the night. Still don't, was, still don't understand why. I don't know why that was. I actually, have no idea. Like that, it still makes no sense why it happened. <laughs> um, Nick pa- Nick Patrick came out to the ring, was there as well, which was weird to see Nick Patrick. Um, and yeah, Spears RVD rolls back in. Paul Heyman runs out one two three counts the match. RVD is it's legit. Your 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 WWE and ECW champion, as you can see in Dave's background image there. What I like about it is, it's like you know you have the Sandman in the back and just incredible, and then his big Malahead big is show. Like just standing there like <laughs> big show. Like 
there, there, there's some RVD for you. Uh, there you go. But the thing about the Big Show is, it's like he had only just defected to ECW like the night before. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're kicking off this whole new event, and it's going to be proper hardcore ECW Big Show. Okay, like <laughs> this is this is already has some bad bad elements in it. I you know, know what though? It it honestly revived the careers of Big Show and Mark Henry. It did for me. Oh yeah. Honestly. Well, Mark Henry would go and have his Hall of Pain pretty much a couple of years after this. Right. So but I think if he had not been sent to the ECW and gotten some screen time, he might have never been been seen for having a new character. Oh yeah. Like that. One of the things I absolutely loved during this match, um, and we were talking about with the whole fan interaction thing, is the way the fans were so on Cena and they were doing as you would get with Punk later, they were doing the you can't wrestle chants mm. and he would respond to that by doing a wrestling move. Yes. And then the fans would respond to that with yeah. a you still suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like there's good ex- actually there is a good exchange in that where there's the you can't wrestle and then there's a wrestling exchange and everyone just stops and goes you still suck and it's like this is brilliant. <laughs> it's actually fantastic. Like it's really, really good and it's one thing that like sadly the next two or three years there would be none of that because it was just a Cena fuck um what's the word I'm looking for Bull- promo vehicle or even um bulldozing because there was nobody yeah. to be able to have that level until uh, Punk came along where he's like yeah. alright you know we're gonna we're gonna work. and then you got some of the best matches of both their career where Punk yeah. and and Cena would have absolute barn burners so it's just it, it's just one of Kyle Driver on Monday Night Raw a Paul Driver yo yeah which is I think they were the only two guys who were able to do that at that point oh, and, I'm sure they both still got fined for it oh yeah most definitely but they were still like we're just gonna do what we want and they're able yeah. to and fair play like Punk it, knew he was gone shortly so yeah <laughs> but even still we've seen this again this year with uh, Cena's commitment to the Firefly Funhouse fun match where he was the one running a lot of these spots and running a lot of these elements and it's a shame you know it's like as somebody who was very hard on John Cena it's like at the time what else could they have done but what they were given there wasn't really that like AJ Styles should have been in WWE years ago but he wasn't he was in TNA all the good talent that WWE could have used who are using now come from TNA or the Indies and they were just too young or inexperienced or just didn't want to leave so it was and the WWE straight up refused Refused to use them them. I mean you were blacklisted if you worked for Ring of Honor you worked for TNA you were essentially blacklisted exactly for working in the WWE for a couple years it was very very bizarre it wasn't until Triple H took over and started changing this where it was like and I I do think if you know in a turn of timeline um, if that wasn't the case I think we would have seen a very different John Cena someone who wouldn't have been you can't wrestle but more look who you have wrestled and mm. it's it's the black mark on his career that that time period that three to five years didn't it did nothing for nobody it just kind of ticked over and it's a very forgettable time period so, did a lot for his bank account uh, well fair enough not gonna not gonna say no to that right no one's gonna be stupid enough to do that but like with the exception of Shawn Michaels matches that great match he had on on Raw with Shawn Michaels um, and a few matches here and there. It was very, very, very poor um, in hindsight. But then he redeemed himself by, you know, that great US title run and stuff like that. But it's just what could have been, right? And then what was when TNA eventually, well, when the main card of WWE eventually just became TNA. So, 
It was what it was. But um, Dave, before did you know that Hammerstein Ballroom, <laughs> the Hammerstein Ballroom is actually owned by a church. No way. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. That's funny. It was, it was, yeah, it looks like it was bought that way in the 70s, and then they, they renovated it, but they, they're the ones who run everything. Well, there you go. <laughs> Sun Myung Moon's Unification Church is the current owner. Only in America. That's it. I thought you guys are the best country in the world. Stuff like that just doesn't exist anywhere else but in America. It's great. Um, anyway, is there look, before we finish up this week, we've done an hour of overtime. I think this is the longest show we've done on the Rewind ever. So thanks for everyone sticking with us. Um, if there's anything you want to comment on, let us know in the comments below. You can email us, nerdsknowmedia at gmail.com. That's just the general email for all the shows. Um, Twitter, I'm on Twitter as well, at DarryWV. Dave's on Twitter, uh, DDaveStevens, right? Yep, the Dave Stevens. Give me some follows on Twitter. Yeah. Sometimes I like to pretend that it's the old days, and I can just go down there and troll, and then I remember, oh, I can. I need to delete some tweets. So it's a fun time to follow me. Exactly. Cancel <laughs> culture is the thing. It's, just, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, Every day I go on, am I shadow banned yet? No, still good? Okay, it's let's like, go. There we go. Let's roll. So, yeah, exactly. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, Twitter. It's so funny and so scary at the same time. But look, well, if you follow my Twitter, usually I'm talking about something tech-related uh, tech or shouting abuse at our unelected prime minister who's still there despite it being four months since the election so okay uh or i'm talking about wrestling so they're the three things that i talk about on twitter more than anything else so give me a follow if you want and uh near to no media all shows all the time we don't know what we're going to talk about this week uh on or next week on the rewind so we will let us know even though we, i think we've actually said it earlier in the show and i think we've both forgotten yeah we don't know oh we have to talk about the greatest matchup that's the only thing we have that's what that's going to be our our lead in next week but um i mean it's the greatest match ever. it has it deserves to. a full hour already uh, several hours maybe yeah I mean, yes. <laughs> so. wait i'm gonna have to cancel work oh right? it's, it's just it's what's gonna happen um but uh that, that we're gonna cover that we might cover out something else uh we'll throw it up on twitter or facebook go over to the facebook page guys um dave and myself are quite active on that um yeah. and we i'm also posting stuff from the vault on our youtube channel so that's basically old clips from the desk um uh, where you know actually there's there's a few from dave as well that's going up i'm gonna go through them and popping them all up there so we have an upload we have something up on the channel at least uh once a day so no excuse not to join and it's all free as well so guys thanks so much for joining us um we'll be back next week same time here on nerdtoknowmedia.com youtube twitch twitter all that good stuff and we'll talk to you next week here on the wrestling rewind <laughs>